When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening, welcome to New York Talk, this is the Rotherham United podcast, and we are back with another game where Rotherham United have won. It's getting ridiculous now, every, every time we do this, we're going to win another game, it's, getting, it's just ridiculous, um, but a good ridiculous, a very, very good ridiculous. Um, so we've got that to go through, and well, that's enough of it. Um, Mick and Danny are with us, thank you for joining us, boys. Hello. Hello, everybody. Um, as we tease on Twitter, we will be announcing later on in the show which Rotherham player we will be speaking to this week. We're going to want you guys' input. We want to know your questions for the for the player in question. Uh, we'll do that in half an hour or so, Mick. Yeah, well, wait a minute. I don't mind. I don't mind. <laughs> Whatever you want. <laughs> okay. Keep people um, waiting. They might, they might listen a bit longer. Not just in half an hour. You know what I mean? It's yeah, sort yeah. Of, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, so we'll do that. Um, so yeah, I hope everybody's doing all right. Um, it was 1100 of you went down to Cambridge, the Abbey Stadium. It's still called the Abbey Stadium, or have they got a sponsor for it? Um, I, I mean, I've called it the Abbey Stadium in the vlog, so I'm hoping I'm right. That's good enough <laughs> for me. That's good enough for me. Um, and yeah, a win's a win, a win's a win, is a win. Not a classic, certainly first 45 minutes, but a good, decent enough performance. And, just, just about worthy enough for a win, Danny. Do you think just about worthy enough for three points? Um, yeah, I'd say we probably just about edged it. I think, like you say, first half we're pretty much even, um, and then the second half we had we probably just sneaked it in the second half. I mean, obviously we did because we scored and they didn't. Um, but in terms of chances created, I'd say we just nudged it second half. So I think yeah. one nil is probably a fair result. I think. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, before we get into specifics, Mick, Paul Warns has, has suggested that they are the uh, the toughest opponent we've had so far this season. And bearing in mind, we've played everybody but Accrington and Shrewsbury, all the way I played Accrington Cup. I, I tend to agree with them. I think they're, they're very organised and very solid. They are missing a striker they're all at, or a creative influence in the final third. Mm. But 
I've got there's a lot to admire about them, really. Yeah, very much so. I think we said this after the first game at New York, didn't we? Uh, that they were probably one of the best best sides we've played all season, or almost difficult sides to play all season, uh, and they proved that again on Saturday. Um, so yeah, and, and they were missing their their talisman, really. Um, and so yeah, uh, they're, they're a difficult side, and, and why they're only sixteenth um, is, is is a little bit beyond me, but. Because we are sat where we are, teams do tend to raise the game. You know, you, you remember, you know, when we when we played previously for top of the league, you always tend to raise your game that little bit. So um, everybody wants to knock you off your perch, don't they? So, but yeah, they're a good side. There's no no question about that, and they aren't going to be. I can't see how they're going to be in any trouble this season unless they have a, a massive drop in form. Mm. Yeah, no, that'd be fine. I would have thought. I was certainly a thought. Um, a couple of people already with us on the chats. Harvey Kelwick, evening. Uh, Philip Bronson, evening, chaps. When does Mick start on Trevor Kettle? Now, I teased that <laughs> half an hour's time. Oh, we'll Victor, I might tease that one. Um, now, let's talk about Trevor Kettle, Mick, before we talk about the football of the football inside of things. There is only, there's plenty of small incidents which were really frustrating. There's only one big incident to talk about, which when it's Trevor Kettle, there's only one big incident. That's quite good. That's a, that's a step in the right direction for Trevor Kettle, to be fair, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, let's be fair. If it were anybody else other than Trevor Kettle, you'd be saying referee had a decent game, to be to be honest. Probably, yeah. Mm. Uh, but it was Trevor Kettle, so we don't say that because that's just. I mean, he, would, he still gave some baffling soft fouls and fouls uh, one way uh, around the other. Yeah, I mean, there's. The, the, I, I assume the, the the incident you're alluding to in the was in the second half when we had the ball and then he took it off us and gave it to their goalkeeper. Um, yeah, when their play went down. Yeah, mm-hmm. some, and what Michael Massey-esque that, weren't it? I'll get that in straight away. <laughs> Four minutes, 45 seconds for every count to be Michael Massey mentioned. But, but essentially, that's what he's doing, isn't it? You know, he's, he's taking, taking ball off us in front of goal and give it to the goalkeeper. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I mean, in, 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 in sort of relative terms, bearing in mind we're talking about Trevor Kettle, um, he didn't have too bad a game by his standard, which is... Mm. Pretty goddamn low in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the incident we're referring to is was just on the stroke of half time. The ball got, uh, was played through questionable defending where our defence had gone to, but it didn't result in a goal. But it resulted in a couple of retouches and a heavy challenge, shall we call it, on Victor. Now, when I first saw it, Danny, and when I subsequently seen it on replays, I was convinced it was a red card. It looked a red card all day long. Watching Danny's matchday vlog. I'm not convinced it is a red card. I think he might have got it right. Yeah, I mean, in the heat of the moment, I thought it was a red card as well, but we're sort of used to that thing with Victor. You know, he he comes flying (laughs) in to get the ball. You make some sort of contact and ends up with his eye socket halfway down. touchline. But, yeah, in in the heat of the moment, it looks like a red card because um, I think it was Sam... I think he's called Sam Smith there, number 10. Mm. He comes in for the ball and he has left his mark on Victor, as they've said on Twitter afterwards. He's been left with studs on his chest and his and his stomach. But if you really slow down the match footage, which someone has done on Twitter, he just gets the ball before Victor, mm. but it is the momentum and the follow-through that, that gets him. So I think there is an argument to say it is a red card because of you know dangerous play and his studs are up and such. But I think... An experienced referee would give it as a yellow card. So I do. And the best thing is, he consulted his linesman. He didn't just mm. go with his own gut. He went, 
you're in better position, what did you see? And so the linesman's obviously seen the contact with the ball and that's why it's a yellow card. Granted, you feel a bit hard done by because Victor obviously never gets those challenges and never will now. Um, but yeah, I, I do think he's got it right. After reviewing it and settling down without alcohol influencing my decision, I would say it's a yellow <laughs> card. Yeah. Do you think, Mick, Danny's right, I think the fourth of the Lino has given the decision, but do you think that Trevor Kettle went to a, a check with the Lino or the Lino's stepped in and got right, Trevor Kettle's referee here? I've got to sort him out. I've got to give... It's like helping your elderly, elderly grandparent across the road type thing. I've got to make sure he's, he's, going, to, he's going to be all right here. That's more likely, isn't it? Uh, possibly. Possibly. I don't think he ever intended giving... Probably didn't even intend giving a card, to be honest. Um, That's what I mean. I, I, yeah, he, he helped him get the right decision. I'm trying to be as I'm trying to be as as, as fair and balanced as I possibly can. And, yeah. and, and like, like Danny's just said, he has at least gone over and spoken to the linesman. Whether the linesman's asked him to come and speak to him or what, I don't know. However, he has gone over and spoken to him. He's taken his time. He's made a decision. You can't really argue with that. I don't think anyway. I, 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 God for, I feel really, really bad, actually, almost praising Kettle. But he's done the right thing. And, and he's probably, probably looking at it, like Danny says, with a... Sort of 24 hours worth of hindsight and at the heat of the game, he's probably made the right call, which again I find baffling. <laughs> <laughs> Utterly baffling. Yeah. Mind yeah. you, though, is the uh, him and Lino did have a disagreement later on when the ball was quite clearly out for our throwing and Kettle overruled the lines and went, No, it's Cambridge's. It's like, yeah. Do you not see it yeah. come off his toe? Well, anyway, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> yeah. All things considered, bearing in mind it with Trevor Kettle, everything went quite all right. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, that's not saying he were good. It, you know, better than expected. It just weren't bad. Yeah. Well, I suppose what you could say is he did not referee to his usual standards. That's probably the best way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah, because he still made some baffling decisions, like the one Danny's mentioned. There was some. It, well, it was still a bad referee performance. Yeah. But, but it was good on Trevor Kettle's spectrum of yeah. referee before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We'll yeah. go with that one. We'll go with that one. <laughs> um, talking about Rotherham United, we're talking about Rotherham United rather than referee for a bit. <laughs> um, so there were no changes, I think. Is that the same starting 11 that came in? Or Chio came in for Sadly, didn't he? Yeah. That was the change from last week. Um, so no real issues there, um, as expected. Plus, because Miller wasn't injured, was injured, so he, he couldn't have come in. Um, so it was unexpected. It was it was a flat start, mate. Um, it was not one for any uh, any purists that first forty five minutes. It was very scrappy, very yeah. stop start. Flat. Yeah, it was. It, it, it's it's kind of a similar performance to, to the ones we've we've put in over the last few games. Really, uh, the intensity has not been there. Uh, intensity of the press and everything else, you know, and 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 that ability that we've had to keep the ball wasn't there either. You know, we were giving it all very cheaply, and but but again, is this because teams have kind of worked out the way that we the, the the way that we're playing, and you know, it's, it's teams counteracting the way we play rather than us not mm. performing to a to the levels that we have done. I don't know what that. I don't know. I, I suspect it's probably us not performing to the to the level rather than uh, other teams. But um, 
Cambridge, Cambridge knew what they were doing. You know, they were well set up, uh, they were well drilled, and, and they knew exactly what their jobs were. Um, and, and that's probably one of the main contributory factors for the, that first half performance. Um, you know, but we came out second half a different team. Mm. So it's our first few minutes anyway. Yeah, we certainly did. Um, yeah, like, like you mentioned earlier, Dan, it was probably a 50-50 half. Credit, I suppose, goes to Freddie. I think Freddie was the, was one of them. He made himself a nuisance and there was a couple of chances he had which he maybe should have done better. But again, he were heaping praise on Freddie. And again, I, I, he's, he's really good. I mean, I, look, look, he didn't set the world on a light, but he's doing the right things again. And on another day, he gets his goal in the second half, doesn't he? Yeah, and it is down to him being a more pressing striker rather than being a, a lurker on the six-yard box. I mean, one of his main opportunities, all right, fair enough, it, it has come from on the six-yard box, but the harassment he's made um, in terms of competing with the defenders has got him in that position. Um, and unfortunately, it's a quality save from their keeper that's denied him. Um, and then later on, he plays an absolute pearler of a pass to Ferguson on the left-hand side, a quick back heel. Mm. And Ferguson's away down the wing. Unfortunately, he doesn't come to anything. But, you know, it just goes to show Freddie's confidence levels have gone up to be able to try something like that. Um, but also his <clears throat> ability as a as a striker to press defenders and try and win the ball back. It's a uh, an ability we haven't seen much of before this season. But now he's, he's, he's doing it like he's been doing it for the past 10 years. Yeah, you know, <laughs> granted he has his odd moment where he sort of <clears throat> forgets himself. But... It's his harassment of the defenders that makes them make mistakes, which is great to see, and it's a, a benefit to us as well. And the, when the day comes that Freddie wins the ball back and then gets a chance on goal and scores, that's when the whole high-press thing has worked perfectly. Yeah, And it'll probably come at some point in the new year, I hope, anyway. Mm. Yeah, I hope it does as well. Definitely, I so 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 impressed Freddie over the last couple of months. So happy for him, and so happy for us that we've got that type of player because um, what we've been crying out for. Um, Chio was a little bit of a barometer of how we were playing. Mick Chio on the right hand side, I thought he had a very very quiet first half. Mm. Again, it was much like the rest of the eleven. They weren't bad. They were just a bit flat and a bit meh in the first half. Yeah, but then he just came to life in the second half, culminating in a. Fantastic run for the goal. And we'll mm. talk about Barlazer in a minute, but Chio's done so so well for that goal. He's made the goal, and let's be right about it. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's run 80 yards <laughs> uh, and beat I don't know how many players uh, in process, uh, including, including the foul that he just stepped over. Um, you know, and <clears throat> another player on another day would have would have gone down in centre circle. And, A lot would, um, wouldn't they? A high percentage of. Yeah, professional footballers would have gone down, wouldn't they? They would, yeah, um, and and that would have obviously been an issue. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it was a great run, great run. Nobody's going to catch him, or they nobody's going to beat him for pace. Um, and once you let him run at you to that extent, you're in, you know that you're in trouble. Um, and yet, when he gets to the when he gets to to the eighteen yard box, there's still five or six, seven players, defenders uh, in there, and he and he's. We still managed to work to carve an opening out of it, but um, it, it was a hell of a run, hell of a run. Mm. Yeah, he had a really, really good second half. He came really, really, really yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, let's not talk too much about him. <laughs> I, I'm beginning to see beginning to see rumblings all over social media now about you know how dangerous he is, and and, and these rumblings are coming from non-Rotherham United 
people. We don't want it. We don't need it. It's not acceptable. Let's just let's just let's just keep it keep it under our hats. Yeah, I agree. So let's move on to somebody else. Yeah, under wraps. Theo's crap. I don't know why everybody keeps banging on about him. He's absolute rubbish. Somebody else was crap. Dan Barley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. 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 He, he's rubbish yeah. and all. That's why everybody keeps going on about him. Um, I, to me, Danny, was one of the few that had a solid a, 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 a solid first half, but then stepped up properly in the, in the second half. Mm. Uh, and the goal, talk about the goal itself, it was a bit like the indirect free kick where he sort of took his time. He, he worked out where we were going to put it. When the ball came to him, I was screaming, hit it, first time, just hit it. <laughs> which, was, which would have been the wrong thing to do. He knew he knows exactly what he's doing. He's calm and composed. And he's getting better every week. He's scoring different types of goals. We're just lucky to have that guy in this division. It's crazy. Yeah, and I've heard... Well, I was talking to one of my friends on the away days, Michelle, and she says if the criteria for goal of the season in the minds of the, the experts was different, it's contender mm. for goal of the season. No, because yeah. normally they do, you know, your screamers and your... You know, like your, uh, your Barcelona sort of ticky-tacky sort of goals, but the build-up and the finish in that goal, it does have its um, its argument, because like we've already mentioned, the run from Chio, um, but it's the placement from Barley's mm. that does it for me, you know, that because he's, he's got the ball from Smith, he's looked, he's seen the space to the keeper's left and just gone, think it's in, you know, and I'm with you, if you watch my vlog, uh, I just scream, it's it. And so, so I'm, I'm fully skating. I'm fully taking the assist from the stands. I tell him Barley's a Twitter, and it's gone in. I'm fully taking that. Um, but yeah, like you say, I think he um, like like the whole squad really. It was an okay first half for him, like nothing bad, but nothing exceptional. But then in the second half, he stepped up. You know, if he lost the possession, he'd win it more or less straight back again. Um, he was involved in us winning possession outside her own box. You know, he, he put in the initial tackle and then Gio mopped up and um, and that was the start of the move. Um, but yeah, but I think Barley's is rubbish personally. I don't think um, anyone should come in for him. You know, we call him the, the, the Jordi Perlo, uh, but that's just, uh, that's just ironic, isn't it? You know, yeah, it's, it's, ironic, it's, it's for irony purposes, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, so everyone stay away. One over there, week like baseball back going, get back, you know, in January. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I think Gabriel Sutton, who knows his EFL stuff, has put Barlazer in his team of the season so far, the League One, uh, which we don't want. Oh, Stop doing that. Yeah, be fun. <laughs> don't tell yeah, yeah, yeah. Just think about it inside your use your inside voice. Don't tweet out or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really good. Uh, we've run out of things to say about people like Barlazer and Chew and things like that, but they are getting better. They're not sort of saying at the same level. He's getting better. He's doing things now he's never done for us before. He's never scored a goal like that. Randomly. I compared it to the indirect goal that was different circumstances. This is a different type of goal. Uh, and fair play to Smith as well, mate. I know Smith's not getting the goals he wants, uh, but he's still working very, very hard. And he took his time. He did the same as Barley's. He took his time, picked out what the right pass was. Yeah. And off we go. And another assist for Smith. Again, yeah. he also deserves a massive amount of credit for the goal. Yeah, absolutely. And he's not ticking at the moment. It's not ticking for him in front of goal, but he's still there and he's still involved and he's still causing problems. You know, um, you know, it, it's more on Freddie at the moment. It's, it's, the, it's the lad that you're expecting to score the goals. Mm. But then Dan Barley pops up and chips him with a few, and, and Ben Wiles has as well. So, but uh, but yeah, kudos for Smithy really because he could have he could have turned and tried to, you know, 
tried to blast it into the top corner, but he didn't. Uh, took his time, calm and cool. And, and Dan Barlow, he just caressed that into back at night. Yeah. It? it was just like a, it was just yeah, I think a beauty really. And it does it's look it like Danny said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. It, 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 like Danny said, it, it's not a, it's not a, a, a twenty yard screamer, but mm. nevertheless, <laughs> the ability that it takes to to find the time to see this to see the see the see where you're going to put it and then to put it there so calmly and coolly with with not a great, not a massive amount of pace on it you know it's just it's it's it's, it's some talent that it's some talent it's it's, a, it's one of those funny ones because because the keeper didn't even move oh. and you only normally see that when it is a thunderbolt you know what i mean when it's gone past them but Mm. The keep he just wrong footed the keeper. That's how well placed it was. The keeper's not even trying because he's not getting anywhere near it. Um, that's how good it is. If you if you're not if you're making the keeper not dive for it, it's almost certainly a really really good effort. I, I mean, he's, he's, he's wrong footed keeper and he's wrong footed four defenders. Yeah, yeah. it's because yeah. he's gone through a it's gone through a crowd of defenders, all of whom were going the other way. Yeah, it's immense, man. Honestly, I'm I also sorry. love his. Rubbish. It's rubbish. It's garbage. Yeah, yeah. Rubbish. garbage. <laughs> um, I also love how much he loves it. You know, his celebration after the goal. Yeah. He yeah. absolutely loves it, doesn't he? <laughs> like, yeah, he does. I love his best life. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, if he scores against that Crinton, he will be in the crowd with us. <laughs> because it's very easy to get into the stand at Accrington because it's actually below pitch level. I mean, unfortunately, they, they used to play rugby at the Abbey Stadium, so it stands a bit too far mm. away and it's raised up. But now, Barlazer loves it. The passion he's got for this football club is amazing. Same with Chio as well. Chio mm. was celebrating the fact that mm. he got the second assist from it and his, yeah. and his brilliant run. Um, but no, it's brilliant. And as well, if you watch um, the highlights, the limbs are decent as well. The main body of the limbs isn't on camera. Um, <laughs> but, but where I was, like in the top, top left of the stand, there were bodies just everywhere. <laughs> you know, like people were overseas, they were, oh, it was chaos, absolute chaos. <laughs> well, that's, what you want on, that's what you want on the way, day, isn't it? You want a, yeah. a well-earned, hard-fought goal that just sends you off yeah. of the seats, effectively. Um, yeah, great, great thing. <laughs> From the way yeah. we celebrated, you thought it was in about the 89th minute that we scored, <laughs> but, it, you know, but a second a goal like that, whatever the time frame. Absolutely. I, I, I don't know whether you've seen the, the highlights, but um, there is a, there is just a moment, and I, I thought this at the time, and I thought I'm probably the only one that thought it. You can see Chio and uh, Freddie as they're running over to celebrate, turn and look at the referee. Yeah, yeah. The, and the I thought he disallowed it. I genuinely mm. thought, just for a second, that he mm. disallowed it. And you, you see their faces, and Chio sort of puts his arms out as if to say, what, what? And then realises he's pointed at centre circle. Um, just to kill. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't exactly, exactly. You know, you think it, has he disallowed it? No, he can't have done because they're not wrong with. It. Oh, hang on a minute, it's Trevor Kell. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you, then you realise it. Yeah. Well. yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think it was yeah. actually to bring the uh, the medical staff on for Reg. That's why he blew ah, right. his whistle. Could have been, yeah. Um, but yeah, like you say, you watch Chio and Freddie's faces, and it's like, yeah. but they what? they looked at him and thought, "Oh no, he can't do it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I like that mention. There's a word for that. Like, we mentioned at the start, eleven hundred, just just nearly nearly twelve hundred away fans in the circumstances we're in, in terms of COVID, just before Christmas, a long trip, 
That's off to everybody. That's that's a that's a great way of following, mm-hmm. uh, as it should be. We're top at league. I mean, we, it should, we're top at league's so what it should be, but it should still be mentioned. I, 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 it's great to see that amount of people uh, in a away game. Um, a word for the, for his defence. Um, let's start with one of the most ridiculous stats I've heard so far this season. We've conceded three goals in eleven away games, which is <laughs> just. I, I was tweeted last night. I like. Oh my god! You know, you see these stats. Think we're well, good, us, and I see another one. Oh, we are really good. Oh, we, we are. We're really good here. Three goals <laughs> conceded in eleven games in away games, Mick. That's that's unheard of at any level. Yeah, it's, it's madness, isn't it? It's absolute madness. Um, and and it's it's just another one, like you say. It's just another one of those stats that you think, you know what? This is a really, really good. You know what? This is a championship winning side, um, but you can't allow yourself to have those sorts of thoughts at Christmas, can you? Really, because it's it, it's just you know we've, we've we've all been there, we've all seen it happen before to other clubs, um, but but the stats are just stacking up week on week on week, um, and they're just they're, I mean they're not it's not as though they're even flatlining. <laughs> you know the, these stats are getting better and better every week. Um, it will have to plateau at some stage. You would have thought. You would have thought. Mm. Um, Are we that but, good? Are we? But, well, yeah. I mean, never say never, because there's there's absolutely been at this stage, touch wood, no sign whatsoever of of this dropping off, and and maybe that's just because of the absolute ability of this squad. And the absolute confidence of them and the the management team. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable start that, isn't it? I think you know, the, the the thing that sums up our start to this season, even though we're not technically at the halfway point, is that gif of um, of a manager going absolutely ballistic, celebrating, and then coming back and calming himself down. <laughs> now that that yeah. is us as a fan base yeah. at the minute. Yeah. Like, it, it's brilliant to see, but because it's not this sort of form in March or April time, you know, you just have to sort of steady yourself a little bit. It's great and we should celebrate mm-hmm. it. But, you know, it's still a long season ahead. We've still got 51% of the season to play, you know. Mm, yeah. But it is fantastic. I mean, the goals we've conceded are Wigan, Lincoln and Charlton. Now, Wigan and Lincoln, you could argue that was early in the season, we're still finding ourselves. And the goal against Charlton is because it's a team that's absolutely flying at the minute, mm. so it's not three bad goals to concede either. So take away the the Wigan, um, the Wigan goal because you know it should have been a draw that game. And in terms, well, we drew in ninety minutes. We'll say that. Um, <laughs> and then the Lincoln goal when it, we're just starting to recover and start this run that we're on. You know, you could argue it's really like two sloppy goals, shall we say? You know, like in terms of mm. Um, mm. yeah, in, in in terms of like our form not being. Up to, up to up to par or being on par with the opposition, I'd say it's only two conceded, and then the Wigan yeah. game because they're just scoring out of time for fun, which is really annoying because it wins them games as well. Yeah. Um. But yeah, but only three conceded away. Like like you've said, it's unheard of. You know, that's like Liverpool and Man City sort of levels mm. of defending. Is. Um. And I think it's testament to how Woody leads the back line, the quality in Reg and the vice-captaincy of Inekwe as well that helps us through it, which is further boosted by Harding and Matic and, and Bowler potentially as well, if Woody decides to play there and a Dauphin as a backup. 
when he eventually gets to come into the squad. I mean, it's just great to see. We've we've probably got the best defense in the league. I mean, I mean the stats say that we have, but in terms of yeah. how all the pieces fit together, it is the mm. best defense in the league. The balance of it's perfect in terms of that yeah. three. It's just perfect. Um, you got Richard uh, Bazaria, go on, and Well, let's let's just sort of uh, note that we're playing without a, an established left-sided central defender. A championship um, left-sided central defender in Angus. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, Michael Ehekwe gets some stick at times because uh, he has got a mistake in him. Um, and that's because he's a centre-half. He's a normal centre-half. Um, Woody and Reg right at the side, moment. Yeah. Woody and Reg at the moment are not normal centre halves because they haven't got they haven't got a mistake in either of them. Uh, I shouldn't have said that, should I? That was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that was stupid. And he's, Woody's gonna head through his own goal in Accrington now, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it that as a three, they're absolutely outstanding and like you say, with, that's without Wizarding. Who's as good as any of those three for me, um, you know, on his day. So it's just, it's it's fantastic. But that is why, that's why that stat is there. Um, mm. And having Victor or, or Josh Vickers behind him, you know. Yeah. What, what can you say? It's just, it's mad. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, Baza Worst mentions a word for Woody his mantra of head it and kick it worth three yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, John S. Not on the optimist side today. It sounds like another person who didn't think we played well, placing shots gently rather than shooting. What I will say is, placing shots is what got us the goal. You know, he yeah. didn't put his foot through it, he placed it. Um, yeah, we were the better, we, we, we created more chance of it. Expect a goal, says it. Victor had one shot really to save in the first half. I think John's got a point. I mean, oh, yeah, well, we, weren't, we weren't Real Madrid, were we? But... Yeah, we, we alluded to it at the beginning of the podcast, didn't we? And when we said that we didn't really play that well, um, considering where we've set the bar. You know? for, me, for me, you can see where they've worked on different aspects in training because at Burton, I'd say our placement was quite poor other than uh, Barlazer's indirect free kick because there were a lot of wayward shooting against Burton. Whereas against Cheltenham, um, against Cambridge, anyway, <coughs> it wasn't really wayward shooting. It was still placement sort of shooting. So you can sort of see like they're just trying to bring it back level again, you know. Yeah. Mm. Um, so you can see what they've worked on in training. And uh, and thankfully it's, it's paid off because we did get a very well-placed goal from it rather than mm. just, just just trying to hit a, a barn door with a machine gun. We've gone for, for sniper rifle instead and it's paid off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 100%. Uh, Philip Rawlinson mentions Reg was man of the match for me. He just gets better and better. Jimmy hasn't asked. Yeah, he was excellent. Um, injury, Danny, came off injured. I, I haven't seen anything in the post-match. Have you seen anything? Um, it was his Achilles that tightened up, but apparently okay. it's nothing serious. It's not like he's pulled a muscle in his and he's out for three or four weeks. He should be okay for Boxing Day, uh, COVID considering, of course. Um mm. But yeah, it, it, apparently it's, it's nothing major. He just felt his Achilles go, and they've just taken him off as a precaution. And I tell you what, rather than having the ability just to take one of our best players off as a precaution yeah, yeah, and yeah. still be solid at the back, wow, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, you, you've hit now. I had there, and we're going to take a central defender off as a precaution, and we'll just bring Wes Hardy on. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Um, a quick look in the match report proceedings. We will now bring let you know who, which Rotherham player we're going to speak to this week. Um, I'm Drum really excited. Mick, excited? I'm, 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 uh, yeah. Yeah, man, I am. <laughs> I am, yeah. <laughs> I can't Danny? tell you. Shall I, give, shall I give everyone a clue as to who it is? Go on, then. <laughs> that's right yeah. it's father christmas <laughs> well, he is a miller to be fair so yeah, yeah that's true but he doesn't play for us unfortunately um this week we will be speaking to Peter Hansen. um so thank you uh, everybody at the club thanks to victor for agreeing to do this we, we will be speaking to him on tuesday which will probably go out boxing what we want is some questions for him so if you know if you know any questions, you've got any questions you want to ask him, let us know. And if anybody's listened to the Richard Wood one, there is no question too silly. Any questions you want to ask Victor, there's a good I've got mine written down already. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't guess what it's about. <laughs> um the other one we will not be asking him, Mick, is if he wanted to punch Gavin Ward, because that's inappropriate to ask oh. if you want to punch a referee. You're kidding Cross me. It list. Cross it Cross off. It off. <laughs> Joking, um, man. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's a little Christmas. Hopefully, little, well, will be a Christmas treat. Well, again, COVID permitting, it's going to be a really nice Christmas treat for everybody. Certainly for us to speak to Victor, uh, and when you guys will be able to listen to it, you know, we've we've all listened to his interviews with the club. He's, <laughs> I think it's going to be a good, a great and man. It's good to asking. Um, so thanks to the club. Thanks, I'm Todd for facilitating. I'd like to thanks, thank you in advance to Victor for agreeing to speak to us three idiots about, about <laughs> what we plays for. I've got to brush up on the Swedish now as well, and I, I don't think I'll expect you to speak Swedish. I think he does speak oh, English. Oh, that's good. <laughs> good, good. I mean, he's been he's been in England a very long time as a footballer. You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. He's, he's been. He's been lurking around the Midlands for the majority of his career, so I'm expecting him to sound sound a bit like Thomas Shelby, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm not going to say anything's on the table. I'm not going to say, we, you know, but let us know what you're asking. Like, so we'll, like, we'll ask him anything within reason that you want us to ask him. Um, and, yeah, looking forward to it. I'll put, we'll put some out if you're not here on social media as well. So if, you, if you've not missed it, reply to the social media posts or uh, email. If you want to email us anything on ufcpod at gmail.com. Anything on there, let us know. And we will put that towards the Viking. When we speak to him on Tuesday, we will be back. We are not finished the episode, but we'll be back on Wednesday evening. Just a bit of uh, sort of housekeeping. The next episode will be earlier than normal. It'll be out on the podcast Thursday. We'll be recording live on Wednesday night through YouTube uh, because of Christmas. You know, you're not going to listen to our podcast on Christmas Eve. Why would you? Um, we certainly have one guest lined up. From the Accrington side of things, we're hoping to have a second special guest lined up for Wednesday, uh, which I'm not going to spoil because if it doesn't come off, it's fine. But it's a good one. It'll be our Christmas episode as well. We'll do a few, might even do a few Christmas games, Christmas quizzes, and things like that. So if you want to join us on Wednesday night on YouTube, do. If not, wait for the podcast on Thursday morning. Ben might even be with us. I know Ben might be back with us by then. So all you Ben fans out there, I know there's a few of you. He might be back. <laughs> He's back from exile in the capital. He is. 
He'd be with us. He's a London boy now, though, isn't he? You know, he's, he's, he's a, a London boy, so he might, he might even have a uh, some sort of stupid accent to go with it. <laughs> you never know, do you? No one surprised me. No. no. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, back to Saturday just gone. Um, it's the first time this season that the gap has appeared at the top of the table. And what I mean by the top of the table is a top two. Um, there is now a four-point gap between us and third place Sunderland, having played the same amount of games. Now, again, it's only December. We haven't played half a season yet. But when gaps start to appear, that's a really, really good sign, Danny. A really, really good sign when those type of gaps start to appear. 100%. I mean, it just goes to show like who we're in. Who are in the promotion running, but you know anything can happen in football. But the thing that caught my eye was that the, the gap that appeared between first and second, only briefly, mm. um, but there was a four-point gap between first and second okay. for about half an hour again until Wigan scored it last minute. So if they can stop doing that, that's my that's my wish this Christmas <laughs> <laughs> to stop Wigan scoring in added time. Um, yeah, it just goes to show that you know the two teams that are the danger teams. You know, mm. like, like, because, because normally, I mean, last time we were in League One, um, it were a, a three or four horse race nearly the whole season until, yeah. um, Rotherham and Coventry just started pulling away, um, but mind you, that was in February, I think, we were, when we started, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it happening in December. I mean, it's only four points, and you know that could change, like well, a couple of bad results for us and two good ones for Sunderland, but. Even with Wigan, we've still maintained that two-point difference and they're mm. on an impressive run. They are trying their asses off to catch us. Mm, we yeah. just keep we just keep dawdling along. The only danger is their game in hand. But if that goes our way, then laughing, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I can see Rotherham and Wigan pulling away. Whether or not we reach 10 points difference between us and Wigan, we'll have to wait and see. Um, like I said on <laughs> Quest. But... I, I can I can see there being a gap between the automatics and the playoffs this season, hundred percent. Yeah, the, the key is to get that gap, isn't it? You know, like yeah. you like Mike, you said there, Mike, it's four points. It's four points between Sunderland and third. Yeah. You know, oh, you look at those clubs in those playoff positions, and they are all susceptible to to a stupid defeat, aren't they? You know, especially Sunderland. Um, especially when we, Sunderland. When we, play, when we played Sunderland, yeah. streaky Lee Johnson. They're on a yeah, great yeah. Run now. They're going to lose three in a row soon, aren't they? So absolutely, yeah. Um, and, and to be fair, so are Wigan. You know, they, mm. they've got they've got bad performances in them. We don't seem to have had that at the moment. I know. I accept that sooner or later, like we said, maybe this will drop off. Um, but it doesn't look like it's going to do. Whereas for these other teams, every now and again they'll go through a phase where it looks like it's dropping off. If that makes sense, you know, just from yeah. from the outside, from their results. Obviously, we don't. We're not sort of privy to to their performances unless they're playing us. Um, but but yeah, I don't know. They, they don't. None of them, including Wigan included, seem to be commanding the division. We do, or we have done up to press. Um, they're almost seem, so. they're seeming to sneak results in. You know, like mm. take Wigan yeah, yeah, against yeah. Oxford, for example. Like that game went to two two, and then Wigan snuck the goal in right at the last minute. Uh, the only reason Wednesday are on a twelve game unbeaten run is because they've drawn the vast majority eleven of them. Of them. Yeah. 
yeah. they were Sunderland, they seemed to get, like you said, they seemed to go on an impressive run and then have a slump. You know, they were in the slump when they, in fact, I think we caused their slump, didn't we? Yeah, I think we're either, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it, it, and even looking at these teams, those teams are some of the best teams of this division. They're not there by mistake. Mm-hmm. But we've beaten all of them bar two, you know, both of which came at the start of the season when we were still finding ourselves. Mm. Um, like you say, Mick, those teams sort of have a silly result in them, whether it's a, um, a draw, they've, th- they've thrown away a win for a draw or a draw for a loss. But with us, we've only had one bad loss this season mm. uh, against a Fleetwood side that just seemed to click. And now they're more or less in the relegation places, if not already. Mm. Um so yeah, it, it just it, the power of League One seems to have swung away from the quote-unquote big clubs this season. You know, your Portsmouth, your Sunderland, your Wednesdays, and it's sort of just hanging around <coughs> Rotherham and Wigan, who have similar sort of attendances throughout the season. So I don't know; it just seems to be clicking for the for the little ones this season, which is nice to see. And I've just called Wig, uh, Wigan a little club, the round twenty thousand capacity. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, they're not a big club. They're another one FA Cup, but they're still not a big club historically. Anyway, um, rugby town is correctly, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And on paper, we've got a fairly kind Christmas run. Accrington away, all right. It's not. It's not easy, but it's a mid-table team. Bolton have dropped like a stone since we played them, really. And Lincoln, you could say, like when we played Lincoln, they were up, up near playoffs. They were in and around us. Yeah. Then I found myself down in 19th. So again, we're playing teams. We are going to be playing teams at good times. Whereas Cambridge, I think it was quite a bad time to play them. These next three aren't quite kind times for us to play them, uh, which is obviously set up for us to lose all three. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the Boxing Day fixtures are pretty kind. We'll cover them next. I mean, everybody up there has got... Pretty kind fixtures on boxing. No, nobody's playing each other other than Portsmouth Oxford is the biggest two teams up there. Um, so but we'll cover that. I said we're back on Wednesday for that for all that kind of nonsense. Um yeah. I say this every week. It's very exciting to be a Rotherham fan right now, Danny, isn't it? It's brilliant. 100 percent 100 percent It's exciting to be a Rotherham fan. Um I think the only danger games that we need to look out for are teams that come and press us as much as we press mm. them. And I yeah. think, alluding back to the Cambridge game, that's why they are such a danger to play against us because they're not afraid mm. to sit back and wait for the pressure and try and play round it. They come up and press you back. And I've seen Warney say, potentially alluding to COVID cases in our training camp, but that the the, um, the miles covered wasn't as high. It's probably yeah. because we were being pressed as much as they were pressing us. You know, so it was sort of like a cancelling effect. That's me being ambitious, saying we're not going to get COVID this season, Mike. But um, yeah, that could be one aspect to it. If someone comes and presses you, you're naturally not going to run as far because if you try and press them and they're already there, that's less distance to cover. Um, but the one thing I do like about this team is that even when we need to get down and dirty and you know force out a win, mm. we still manage to do it. You know, like we can win the pretty way like we did against Gillingham and against Sunderland and Portsmouth, but we can also win the um, the way that isn't traditionally how we play this season, at least. You know, the dig in, grind it out. You know, I think the last time we dug in and ground out a result was probably against Burton, actually, a team that was equally as high pressing and wanted to face up to us. 
and mm. to overcome teams that try and match the way you play and to beat them just by effectively you now finding a way. That is sort of thing that promotion and champions do. They find that way yeah. to win no matter how they do it. You could say the same for Wigan, but they seem to do it in like the last five minutes. We just find a way to do it in the second half. And then the way, the, the way we do it seems much more sustainable than the way yeah. we can do it. Yeah, we, we've exactly. done what Wigan did, and it got us in playoffs in 2014. Under yeah. Evans, which we're always late goals. It's that doesn't normally win you the league. It keeps you up there, but it doesn't normally win you the league that way of playing, does it? Yeah, exactly. Like I say, sustainability. We've got the sustainability in defence to keep the other team out. We just mm. need the front line to do its job and sort it effectively. And that's why yeah. we've won 21 in a row. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> unbeaten in 21, not one at oh, all. Oh, <laughs> unbeaten in 20 wrong. Well, imagine if you win 21 games in a row. DL. <laughs> that is Man City like. Yeah, you would yeah, have won probably. the league by now if you won 21 in a row. Yeah. <laughs> Go on, Mick. I was going to say just uh, just just going on what, from what Danny said there. You know, the last last few games we've ground out results. You know, Saturday probably in another season, if we were the type of team that we are, would have been at least a draw, possibly even a defeat. Um, but we're just grinding those results out. We're putting the, putting in the performances and getting those results, even when we're not playing to our to our level. Uh, it is a bit of a worry what Warney said um, about the about because they obviously recognise the fitness levels of players and they will analyse the fitness levels of players throughout games. Um, and he's obviously of the view that some of those levels are, are below where they should be. Um, so whether there is an issue, who oh. knows? They've got to a test of the morning of the game, haven't they? Of course, yeah. I, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I know we're hearing from the news that it, you can change within hours. Which is yeah, but let's... you get cold within hours. But if the mm, yeah. test in the morning of the day and the, everything's kept internal, you're not just yeah, going to yeah. suddenly. Covid's not going to turn on at three o'clock and then no, turn off. No. If you if you're going to have you have had it in the morning, won't you? Because the because mm. the close knit that they're they they've got, um, it's just been it's not it's been hypercritical, isn't it? That's all. I think that's all it is. You've got to be, you know, and like everybody uh, else nowadays, there's that anxiousness about everything you do as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think, well, I think well, yeah. I mean, the... sorry, mate, carry on. I, I, well, I possibly, I don't know whether I'm about to say the same as you're about to say. You were about to say about the Premier League having uh, allegedly having an emergency meeting tomorrow about well, cancelling then. one of the mm-hmm. um, uh, one of the the, the Christmas fixtures. Um, I mean. There's the, it's another story altogether, isn't it? You know, but Premier League have been banging on about winter breaks for years now. So if they can manufacture one now, uh, I'm sure they will. And once once the mainstream media have stopped banging on about parties and everything else, they'll start wanting to stop <laughs> football. Foot, football support is going to match us, won't they? And they won't give up until that happens. Um, it's happened in Holland already. There's no crowds in Holland. Certain areas in Germany, I've been watching a couple of German games today, no crowds. Um, you know, so it's starting to happen across Europe, and as soon as, as soon as the BBC and what have you pack, pick up on that, then they'll be they'll be screaming for it to happen to us, and the FA and the AFL will just capitulate, won't they, and allow that to happen? So it's got to be something that's going to be on our radar and on the club's radar that we may end up either having some fixtures postponed, a break, or or no supporters. Um, it just depends how much the media get hold of it, doesn't it? And, uh, and run with it. We'll have to wait and see yeah. on that one, but it's something to bear in mind. 
Mm. All if buts and maybes, Danny, but which one of those three you take as right now? So I know we don't get a choice. You can either have the Christmas period or effectively the Christmas period with no fans, you, or you can have a, t- a two-week break and we'll come back hopefully hopefully back to normal mid-January. For me, having a break in terms of no fixtures played at all just raises more questions of you know fixture congestion. So I've mm-hmm. said it in the last podcast, it's all right for the Premier League to suggest that because they play less games. Um, granted, they've got games in Europe, but if it's European-wide... You know, it doesn't really matter because they can just squeak it in yeah. elsewhere because they have more gaps in the window anyway. Um, you have Premier League managers go on about fixture congestion, but they only, all they have to do is look at a team on a good run in League One or the Championship, you know, in the cup competitions, especially in League One with the extra competition that we play. You know, it, it can add a lot of fixtures to to the list. Like if you were to, if we were to have a two-week break, which has been suggested starting on December 27th, that's two home games and two cup games postponed. Yeah. So that's that's three competitions where we have to find a different date for it. Hmm. Um. So for me, it'd probably be if you've already bought your tickets, you can have your money back. Um. Keep testing within the camp, and probably only postpone fixtures if you drop below the EFL fourteen players, including a goalkeeper threshold, hmm. which has already impacted the Premier League because Chelsea asked to have their game postponed, but the Premier League said no because they, right didn't, so. they didn't drop yeah. into that threshold. So that's the first time the Premier League's pushed back against a club wanting to postpone a game. Um, so it looks like it's heading more towards, if we have to, not letting fans in. But we've got I follow, it's fine. We don't have to worry about that. We can still pay for our watching of the game, can't we? Um but now, for me, I, I wouldn't do a break. I'd just keep testing, make sure everyone's all right, keep doing the COVID protocols to the best of our ability, make sure the players don't do anything silly, which is what we're doing at Bart Luxury because mm-hmm. we've cancelled the Christmas deal. So that's that's good, in my opinion. Stops everyone doing something silly. Um, and just play it by ear. You know, it might just be we descend into the realm of just if you're double jabbed, then you can get in. If you're not, then you, you have to provide a negative test. But I'd say a break. Sorry for mum's coughing. We've both had cold this week. It isn't COVID because we've tested ourselves every day this week and we are both <laughs> negative. So before anyone says anything, we're all right. Um, but yeah, that, that's the thing as well. It could be that the players have got a bit of flu, you know, mm. but because of the symptoms and how it makes you feel, I might yeah. immediately go to COVID, which unfortunately is the way of the world at the minute. And because of Omicron's increase, that's why. So we can live in hope that it isn't COVID. It might just be flu, like with in, in this house. Um, but yeah, for me, a break not shouldn't be on the cards because purely purely fixture congestion. Because we don't because it'd be worse for players to catch COVID and then come back and then play Saturday Tuesday for six weeks than it would yeah. be to just keep playing if you've got the numbers and then only postpone maybe one or two if your camp does have COVID in it. Yeah. Or you can catch it again like we did last year. That's the last, last worst case scenario. You have a two week break, and then you come back, and a team, any team, gets 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 an outbreak because then you're stuffed again. You yeah. already you already have other clubs in this league who've had to postpone games prior to this. It's, yeah. Well, what we what we need is Boris to have another Christmas party so that it gets press off off the subject of football <laughs> and onto something else to moan about, don't do not it? Yeah, you know I mean, if we can have something like that just to take 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 the heat off sport and football in general and let sport and football in general govern itself 
which I accept, I can't believe I'm saying, bearing in mind the way it has been governed. Uh, but what we do know is that they're, at least they will play. Um, yeah. mm. and, and good on the FA or the Premier League or whoever it is who've said to Chelsea, no, you can't. You know, they must have mm. 4,000 eligible players. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, the number of people that they've got out on loan, the number of, the number of squads that they've got, whether, it, you know, at junior level, under 23 level and everything else, you know, at, at 30, or th- probably 30 players per, per squad, you know, they've got enough eligible players to put out a team. So suck it up. Uh, and that should apply to all the Premier League sides as far as I, I can see. They've got big enough squads to, to, to deal with this. Um, but anyway, that's, that's, that's how it is. It just worries me a little bit that more than anything else that uh, I can see this issue coming over across across Europe now of, of, of banning France from stadiums. Um, that's yeah. a worry, um, and it's a worry. Like I say, if, if the media get hold of it, because they'll be all over it like a rash. For me, yeah. for me though, Europe always seem a lot quicker to ban fans from stadiums. Though I, mm. I don't, I don't know if it's um, a culture thing, but maybe not in France. But in terms of the other European countries, they seem a lot more willing to follow what the government say. But in France, they just tend to riot about everything. That's not yeah, a yeah, yeah. That's not a joke they do. Yeah, and, yeah. And, then, and then in this country, we just don't listen, you know, because we're the British, we won't be told what to do. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think they've talked about bringing in restrictions before Christmas and not to get mm. political, but if that gets brought in, it's political suicide for the yeah, Conservatives. Yeah. I mean, even if they bring in a lockdown after Christmas, it's still probably, that's still a very big political impact that it's going to have. Um, but then you have to go, public health more important, so just do what, what is the right thing. And if that is fans not going to the grounds, then, unfortunately, tough. You know, you'll have to watch it on your telly. It'll be interesting to see what sort of effect, negative or positive, that has on our run. That we're on mm. at the moment, yeah. Um, because we, we need to keep the circuit everything the same, you know. Every, yeah, yeah, we need to keep everything as it is from a selfish rather than that point of view, don't we? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked to Woody and, and he talked about the difference in having fans in stadiums, um, to, 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 to the debacle that we had last year with you know, just all we had with, with Tony Stewart shouting, Come on, Rotherham, that way, that's as much as we had, weren't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, and great, fair play to Tony, but it would, just him on his own is not going to work, is it? No. <laughs> no. Um, Cheryl Stone mentioned on the COVID stuff, on the vaccinations, the, cl- the club for the, the team have an eight, around 85%, over 85%, I think, uh, first team are vaccinated, whereas. The EFL average, I think, twenty five percent of the entire EFL have don't plan on getting vaccinated. So for mm. us, for the club, are well above the average, um, which is good to see. Well, you know, protecting the players, um, it's crap. Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. But while it's affecting us, certainly this podcast, whatever affects Rotherham United, we'll talk about. And unfortunately, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We won't be going anywhere if there's a COVID outbreak. We'll still be here chatting rubbish for an hour about Rotherham. <laughs> what we do and we enjoy it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, I'd like, uh, only just in the bar laser call back to the football. I'll tell you what, he needed a cool head and a great strike. 100%. A very, very mm-hmm. cool head and a really nice strike. Summed up very, very well. Um, I think we're about done. Anything else that we need to cover or talk about from the Rotherham United sphere? Um, I think well, other, than, 
other than Woody effectively has signed his new deal, mm. it's all just formalities at this point. He wants to be here and he's claimed that we are his club. Hooray. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the stolen one, finally, get in. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, uh, hopefully that gets announced soon and we can celebrate it because, yeah. I thought he got injured on Saturday. You know, when that money went down, I thought, oh, no. Because you worry about yeah. <laughs> not to go on about his age all the time, but you worry about somebody that age if he picks up. He looked like he twisted his knee. So, mm-hmm. as a football fan, you're always going, oh, no, he's done his ACL or something like that. Oh, no. But then, literally, like three minutes later, he's running around like he normally does. Adding bricks and stuff. I had someone say next to me, oh, that's his season done. And as soon as he said it, he mm. jumped back up and carried on. It's like, oh, <laughs> he must have it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not getting injured before my annual contract. Off, right? We're off again. <laughs> yeah, brilliant stuff. It'll be laid up at home now, not being able to walk, but it, it were worth it all. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so thank you all for watching uh, or listening. For watching on YouTube, listening on iTunes, on Spotify, whatever we do. Thank you very much for being with us. Um, I'll repeat again for anybody who's listening now. Victor Johansson will be on our show. Well, we will be speaking to him on Tuesday which will go out Boxing Day morning. So on your travels to Accrington, you'll be able to listen to Victor Johansson. Um, if you've got any questions you want to put to us, either reply to us on Twitter from the post you'll see, or Facebook. And if you want to email something, iufcpod at gmail.com. Uh, if you've got anything that you think need we need to ask the Viking, we will put it to the man himself when we do speak to him. And like I said, we'll be back on Wednesday. Your next episode will be out on Wednesday evening on YouTube. Thursday morning on iTunes and Spotify, which will be our official Christmas special. Uh, we'll probably do an extended episode with some Christmas games and some nonsense. Uh, because why not? You know what I mean? Got nothing else to do. <laughs> All Christmas parties are cancelled, so you don't know what you're going to do. Yeah. Um, two yeah. special guests. Potentially two special guests. Yeah. Fingers crossed. I reckon we should um, have a conservative party and have a cheese board and port. <laughs> for, for our Christmas party, it sounds thrilling. A cheese board and port, doesn't it? Oh um, god! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then keep an eye on the Christmas period because we've got so many games. Who knows when we're doing episodes? But you'll, you know, we'll get it out when we can. Um, Philip Robinson, Merry Christmas! Um, Merry and Christmas. to you, Phil. And we will see you all on Wednesday when we will already spoke to Victor. All being well, and we'll let you know how that went. And we might even drop a snippet in if you're lucky. Uh, thank you, Danny. It's been a pleasure, and we'll, I'll see you, Danny. I'll see you Tuesday. We'll see everybody else Wednesday. Yes, 100%. See you Tuesday. And one last message to anybody watching or listening go and get your boosters because we've nearly hit a million a day with boosters. And I tell you what, it's a doddle. I got jabbed by a soldier up at Oak House near Morrison's in Bramley, and it were a doddle. So, did you go for your booster after that? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I went to my house first. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, right. it, it's a doddle, and you're not just protecting yourself, you're protecting a lot of people around you as well. Um, this isn't a plugged thing or anything, just I'm telling you, get your boosters because that's how we fight back against Omicron, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, if you're eligible, get it booked in, go to a walking center, get your booster, job to gun. Uh, the, the, the phrase I got jabbed by a soldier was not one I anticipated <laughs> hearing today. <laughs> I'll be honest. But I hope if I said it were a female soldier, Mike. Well, whatever. You know, <laughs> got, that, that's not really relevant. It's just a, anyway. <laughs>
Yeah. I'm jabbed, Mick's jabbed. We're still here for now. I haven't been jabbed <laughs> by a soldier yet. No, me neither. It's off, it takes it off my bucket list, so it's fine. <laughs> Brilliant. Mick, I'll see you Tuesday. You will. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.